So where are we, Jamie? Where are we? Yeah. We are at anchor. Oh. We promised you last week. No, we promised you the week before and we failed terribly, but we have finally left the marina. So we have traveled it's about 100 miles, I think, 120 miles. I can't remember. I am logging it, but I don't <laughs> remember. Just um, like to point out that it was me that promised that we would be at anchor this week. I yes. absolutely promised it, and we are. And how do we feel about that? Bloody marvellous. <laughs> you know, it's been months since we've been properly at anchor. I mean, OK, we went out a few weeks ago, but that was literally just for one night. So back to proper cruising is just a ah oh, it just feels amazing hello i'm liz and i'm jamie welcome to follow the boat in which we discuss what it's really like to give it all up to live on a boat and go traveling around the world we've been doing it since 2006 and we're still at it each week we talk about our latest youtube videos and about boats sailing, travel, or anything else which floats into our heads. And if you leave a comment we like, we'll give you an answer and a name check. Peace, Peace and, and fair, fair winds. And we're about to get buzzed by a fisherman in a small boat. Yeah. Now, I'm kind of hoping that the background noise this week yeah, is real. going to be a little bit different. So there's not much we can do about these guys, which are the local fishermen, and they sort of go past in their funny little pram-like motorboats. They like to come quite close, don't they? I think they like to have a look and see who we are and what we're doing. We usually wave, get yeah. a wave back. Yeah, they're, they're pretty harmless, but no aeroplanes. I know, hurrah, hurrah, <laughs> hooray for that. Oh, that's so nice. It is quite windy today, though, yes. and you'll probably notice if you're watching the video version, there's quite a bit of this. We're bouncing up and down a bit because yeah. we're exposed to the winds which have actually come round, surprisingly. They're supposed to be northeasterly, but at this point where we're at, they've sort of come round to the east and coming up southeast. So. Yeah, so this is traditionally in Southeast Asia the northeast monsoon. Mm. Um, so it's coming from the northeast. It's traditionally the drier period and traditionally not so strong. So we have the southwest when it's wetter and it's stronger and more stormy. But it's not the case this year. No, it's a little bit variable. But having said that, where we are planning to go, we haven't been to at this time of year. So it, it's a little bit sort of unknown. Mm. So uh, providing that we're not slogging, motor, motoring into, you know, two, three metre swells <laughs> doing Ooh. two knots, yeah. that, that would depress me. But... Of course, what we're hoping is, is that the winds will continue to come round, uh, or it might even back actually, and hopefully we'll get some sailing in. Yeah, it's supposed to be helping us, so we're still not saying yet where we're going. It will unfold over the coming weeks and during this podcast, and there will come a point at which we will tell you where we are. Mm -hmm. Not yet though. So I think that you were, sorry I interrupted you earlier, just talking about how we got here. It was how many day hops? Three day hops from the marina, wasn't it? Yep. Gentle like morning hops. Yeah, and we, we leave early because yeah. what we're finding is, is that both the wind and the waves pick up around about midday and unfortunately both of those are straight on the nose. Yeah. So it's always advantageous to leave at six in the morning before the weather's had the chance to build and we tend to find the seas are relatively flat. Yeah, it's about the sea, isn't it? It's about the, 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 the swell that's coming through because it does develop and, and not so nice, those big swelly waves later in the day. But was pr pretty much a, a fairly good start to our adventure. Yep, 
pretty happy so far. Yeah, just another 1,500 nautical miles to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so exciting. I'm just really pleased we're here. Anyway, one of the things I need to say is that we're doing this a day early. We mm -hmm. normally record on a Tuesday. This is local time. And then we put, put the whole video podcast out on the Thursday. Today is Monday. It is Monday. I'm checking my watch. It's oh my God, it's fair. Oh, oh, I love you. Where are my roses? <laughs> Where's my box of chocolates? Oh, oh I think you're great. <laughs> yeah, anyway, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. By the time you see this, you'll have had it and you'll have had all your beautiful presents and all your loving. I think it's probably appropriate at this point to talk a little bit about our schedules for our videos and podcasts. Yes, I think so. Uh, so it's worth noting that over the next week or so, it's going to be constantly moving every day. And the reasons for this is basically security. So we have to be on the move all the time. A lot of these hops we're going to be doing are going to be taking all day. They're going to be five o'clock starts and they're going to take us right the way through until sunset. Yeah. Yeah, so there's not going to be really much time to do anything. No, but what we did say perhaps is that if we could at least do the podcasts yeah. and those in the short term could become the weekly episodes. Yeah, yeah. And that is simply because to sit down and do an episode uh, editing wise, you know, it takes a few days and we just we're not in that situation to do it at the moment. Yeah, you have to do that at the uh, at the big laptop down below. Sorry, the computer down below uh, there might be a stage actually I did suggest to you that I could just be up here uh, steering you know on the helm because there's probably going to be more motoring there's going to be sailing and I could easily do that on my own but we'll see we'll see yeah and the problem is is that uh, if you've got spinning hard drives and yeah. you know it's not ideal if you're if you're on a slope no. and if you certainly if you're sailing or you're plowing through bouncing waves it's not the right conditions to be editing and of course by the time we get to our anchorage it's five o'clock in the evening yeah. the sun's going down you're losing solar power we're knackered we're tired as well so anyway i just wanted to get that out there because yeah. if, if suddenly our episodes appear to stop it is for that reason yeah but we're hoping that we will continue with these at least in the short term and then we've got the problem of when we arrive in indonesia of not necessarily being able to upload or even get on the internet mm. how are we how are we going to cope with that that's a very good question now, we've discovered that in Indonesia now, you have to register your IMEI number, which is your unique number for your, si your SIM card slot. Right. And someone explained this as the Indonesian government's trying to keep an eye on every single phone because there is a security threat, oh. because phones can be used to detonate bombs. Oh, no. So it, I, I suppose this is a way of keeping an eye on that. Now, whether that's true or not, or whether this is government control. <laughs> Big brother. Big brother, I don't know. But yeah. we have to register our IMEI numbers. And of course, we can only do that once we're in Indonesia. Mm. You can fill out the form before you arrive, but you still have to then go to customs, blah, 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 blah. This is a first, because we've yeah. been to Indonesia several times and never had to never do had this. Okay. So the other thing I heard was that they wouldn't let, allow you to use your phone. You'd have to buy an Indonesian phone, or is that just apocryphal is that not true we're waiting for clarification right. on that i mean the, the the government form well the form that i filled out was from a government website and i think that is the official government line someone has said you can use a foreign sim card on roaming but we have evidence of someone who's tried this and wasn't successful oh 
Right. So, so all we, that data I put on my phone to roam, I probably won't be able to use. Possibly. I don't uh, know. But uh, so stay tuned. Yeah. Or if the case may be we can't get anything uploaded, don't stay tuned because there won't be anything to watch or listen to. <laughs> but as soon as we can, we'll be back. Yeah. So oh, it's all it's all new, isn't it? It's all brave yeah. new world. We've not uh, been through this before. Yeah. Great. OK, so that's uploading. Um, shall we talk about... We'll talk about last week's podcast first because there mm -hmm. were one or two things that came out of that um, before we talk about anything else. So, first of all, I wanted to say to you, with the radio and the VHF, what is the status right now, considering we've just done three days? Be honest. There's an issue with the VHF and it, it has to be the aerial. We never got round to checking the cable that ran up the main mast on the VHF. The short-term workaround is to go back to using the splitter because at least the new AIS antenna we know works with that cable. Right. So we could go back to using the, the splitter and running the VHF off that one, which is better than nothing. Uh, in the longer term, we, I think we're gonna have to import some decent cable, RX-8 a cable, I think, and also the 265 connectors, I think they are, uh, because the ones you get here locally are just rubbish. Um, but right now, the splitter is the only option. And, 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 and by the way, the handheld. We yeah, do, okay, do that does that. work, doesn't it? I mean, we've been testing it all the way up the coast. Um, it's still odd, though, isn't it? Because sometimes you hear stuff and sometimes you don't. We haven't really honestly got to the bottom of it. Yeah. What I was going to say was that uh, obviously since we're out of the marina uh, we didn't, didn't explain obviously we got our visas renewed so we are allowed to stay in Malaysia until the 10th of March they reviewed there you know they gave us an extra 10 days. T 10th of March that's a really <laughs> important date that isn't it the 10th of March? Oh, it's on Twat's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's Jamie's birthday on the 10th. I'm expecting right, big, big presents <laughs> and a big birthday cake. Yes, yes, well, you might get a cake, let's see. So that does mean that we've still got an option before we actually check out of Malaysia, because we're not doing that until we, until we get a bit closer to Indonesia. There'll be a place where we'll be, which is a port, where we could have things um, certainly delivered. Might be able to get something delivered there, don't know. Could we? Uh, no, because I think the stuff we need to import has to be imported from outside Malaysia. And so that we'll always, get it in time. I don't think we'll get it in time. Okay, we could look at it, I suppose. Um, or, or the other thing is that, can, do you need to go up the mast again? Is there anything else up there, like checking, yeah. you know, the, the end bits, what do you call it, the terminals? Term terminals, yeah. yes. I mean, I could, could do that. We could do that possibly there, yeah. where it'll be a bit more stable. Yeah. I mean, a couple of people suggested using, there were certain instruments that you can use outside of a voltmeter, of course, because right. uh, you could test resistance to see if there is some kind of resistance in the cable. Yeah. Uh, but there are marine, uh, marine radio or VHF specific tools you can use. And of course, we just don't have access to those. So we're kind of limited in what we can and can't test. It's gone on the list of jobs to do yeah. while we're possibly at anchor. Yeah. So. We have AIS, so that is good. We can be seen to a certain extent and we can see other ships. We yep. certainly see all the big ships. Yep. My biggest concern is that what we quite often do is when we see big ships, certainly at night, is we always radio through to make sure that they can see us. And mm. without that radio, we won't have that extra security feature. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to 
sail really defensively and carefully, yeah? Is that the idea? Correct. Okay. All right, so that's where we are with the VHF yes. and the AIS. Yes, I I'm bored of talking about VHF <laughs> and AIS. Can we, can we talk about something fun? <laughs> well, um, yeah, in a minute. Okay. <laughs> so we're talking about the podcast. What is it you want to talk about that's, uh, that's fun as a result of last week's podcast? Apart from my hair, obviously, which is lots of fun. Well, I think that was the biggest thing, wasn't it? <laughs> It was, you know, we had loads of comments and I did start to keep them, but there were too many to keep to read out. So thanks to everybody who commented. Do you know they were pretty much 100% positive? Well, one, one or two a little bit shady, but... Yeah, I think most people know that, uh, as, as, as our mums always say, if you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing yeah, at all. That's right. One thing I would say about my hair is this now a week's gone by. I've washed it twice. I reckon it's gone very slightly lighter. What do you think? I think it's gone a bit lighter, but I have to say it's maintained its brightness. Good. Because I was worried it was just going to get all dull yeah. very quickly, but it hasn't. It's, uh, it's stayed pink. So yeah, well so that's good. And also with three days of sailing, I've now gone a bit browner. Yes. So it looks a bit brighter, maybe. Yesterday, yes. we, had the, we had our backs to the sun for the whole journey and I ended up getting a proper British t-shirt uh, tan. Brits abroad. Brits abroad. So all of this has gone really dark brown and then this is white and I even have a V around my neck, a red V. <laughs> if you're looking on the video you'll be able to see his V. Show them the white bit. Oh, I don't know if you can see it. But yeah you can. Yeah. And I made the mistake of wearing a slightly lower cut t-shirt with a lower top back. I have burned Stupid, stupid school child error. So factor 50 on today and from now on. And back to my high neck t-shirts to stop the burning because it's, it's just too dangerous around here. It's on a boat, obviously, as well. Cruising fashion tips with Liz and Jamie. <laughs> yes, don't burn. Okay, so a couple of, um, couple of points from last week that we, that we touched on and viewers and listeners have taken up. So William Pace. Um, he was talking about faking the, the guy here that faked his documents uh, to try and get the visa extension and how it impacted all of us. And this is what William wrote. I think he writes really well. You very lightly touched on a subject that is very disturbing to me. We all need to realise that as cruisers, we are part of a community larger than ourselves. We all need to follow the rules and regulations of the countries we visit to the best of our ability. When one yacht tries to cut corners or use subterfuge or just plain dishonesty, we're all painted with a broad brush. The closer scrutiny of honest boats is a real consequence when someone is caught breaking the rules. He goes on to say, harsher rules or even disallowing cruising in certain areas or islands can be a real possibility. Same thing happens when people with higher profiles, brackets, YouTube influencers, not in my opinion real cruisers, well that's <laughs> to be debated, anyway, when they post stories or videos of them fooling local authorities, it disgraces us all. Mm. Now, we don't really watch that many channels because it's a bit of a dustman's, ho dustman's holiday, so not aware of that, were you? No, not at all. But, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with William in almost everything he says. Mm. Apart from YouTubers not being real cruisers, yeah, come on, there's, there are so many YouTubers out there that have way more sea miles under their belt than most cruisers we know. Yes. Um, but his point about us being tarred with the same brush is spot on because that, that, that's the issue. I think 
It's especially true in places like Malaysia. Mm. If in the UK one person was caught forging documents, that one person and that one person alone would be dealt with by the rule of the law. Mm. Whereas over here, perhaps because of a language barrier, a cultural barrier or, or whatever, I think they probably saw us, okay, foreigner in the marina. So we are instantly put into that bracket. Mm. All foreigners in the marina have the potential to be forging documents. So, yeah, he's absolutely right. It, it is, that kind of behaviour is disgraceful. And if you're actually recording yourself breaking the law... Well, that is just, just ridiculous. Stu stupid. Stupidity. I can't believe anyone's done that. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure William's right, but I, I don't know. But I'm just trying to think odd. if there's... Look, we're not innocent. I'm, no. I'm sure in the past maybe even more recently than we realise. We've done things, said things, recorded things that perhaps we shouldn't have done. But I don't think we've broken the law. I don't, we don't go out of our way to break the law. And by that, I mean, we do know yachties who do go out of the yes. way to break, break the law. Uh, and when it comes to authorities, we just be as honest as possible. You have to be. And it makes life so much easier for you. Go in to, when you meet them, with a big smile and be honest. And then you get treated really well as we pretty much always do. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that was a, a good email, uh, William, and I'm glad you brought that up. I thought it uh, needed just a little bit more explanation. And then R. Boyd was one of a few people who talked about the photocopying guides and pilot books, mm. which you... Oh, sorry about that. You're supposed to have that on <laughs> silent. Did it? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, God. Sorry about that, everybody. It was you last week, me this week. How unprofessional. It really just is. Just shows how crap, crap we are. <laughs> Couple of pillocks. <laughs> Speak for yourself, dear. <laughs> right, so, R. Boyd, it's, this is about the photocopying guides and pilot books, which mm -hmm. you talked about, but I think it's worth just talking in a little bit more detail. R. Boyd says, if the authors aren't compensated, there will be no incentive for them to keep updating. By not buying it properly, people are essentially killing the goose that laid the golden egg. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my point exactly. Now, someone else brought up a, a comment about not being able to afford oh, pilot yes, I saw books. That. Yes. And I had to bite my tongue because my response to that is if you can afford to own a boat mm. and all the paraphernalia that goes with owning a boat, because let's mm. face it, it's not just the, the asking price of the boat itself, it's those ongoing costs. Mm. You have to factor in pilot guides if you use them. Not everyone uses pilot books. Some people mm. actually make a point of not using them because they prefer to discover places by themselves. Fair enough, don't have a problem with that. But to use the excuse that you can't afford a pilot book mm. Is that the same as, as an excuse for photocopying, I, know, so I, I, I disagree with that. The cost of photocopying can be <laughs> excessive, you know. Um, yes, I, I don't see that as an excuse for anything, to be honest with you. You can't say you can't afford to do something. If you've got a boat, you, you should be able to afford it. And it's also, it's what you choose to spend your money on, you know. So you have a finite amount of money and you say, I want a pilot boat. That needs to go into that budget. It needs to be part of that budget. You know, I bet you've got booze in there. Maybe you don't need your booze. Or maybe you do need your booze. Maybe you don't need your cigarettes. Maybe you don't need the new T-shirt. I don't know. How many people have we come across who said, oh, I this is too expensive, I can't afford this, and yet they're down the bar every night. Yeah. 
yeah. So you don't have to go to the bar. You can buy a bottle and drink it on the boat if you want your drinks. That's fine. I'm a drinker. We all know Jamie isn't, but I'm a drinker, and I buy bottles, have them on the boat, and go out. But you 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 adjust the way you live and what you spend on to what your budget is. We've talked about this before as well. And there are plenty of cruisers out there on very small budgets who don't do that sort of thing. Mm. You're stealing somebody's copyright. Absolutely. Do you agree, or maybe you disagree? Leave a comment for us on Twitter at Follow the Boat. On a slightly lighter note. Oh, please, let's, let's move let's, on. Let, let's get a bit more happy. Uh, a number of people suggested that I should write a recipe book because I'd mentioned that I was going to copy, photocopy all my recipes into a book. Well, A, I don't have time. You know, it's a lovely idea. I'd love to write a recipe book. Uh, but B, most of my recipes are <laughs> nicked from other people. Well, they're not nicked. You've just used recipe books. Exactly. So I use recipe books. I use online recipes. All the things everybody else does, and I and I put them on bits of paper. I've now got them all into a book. So to then publish it would absolutely go against everything we've just said. Yeah, but it's such a creative process that you can always throw in your own little. And let's let's face it. A lot of these people who've published cookery books. They're not, they're not always their own recipes. It might be the recipe that their grandmother taught them or a recipe they picked up in a local restaurant. So I do agree, you don't want to be done for plagiarism, but I bet you there are some recipes that you've been making now for a few years where you have added your own ingredients into. Yeah, that is very true. Um, it is very true. I very seldom completely follow a recipe. The only thing I do that with is the bread maker, because if you don't get the proportions right doesn't work but yeah I have because we travel so much and we're in exotic places I have to look at what's available and then work with what's available mm. so I'll use the recipe as a template and then put my own food in and obviously a lot of our, our recipes uh, are meat based so I have to substitute vegetarian options so the more I talk about it out loud the more I realize that I probably could do it so when I get that month off when we're not doing anything else, maybe I, maybe I will. Maybe well, we'll do a follow the boat recipe book. You could do. I mean, you could publish it as an e-book if nothing else. Yeah. You know, we've already published a couple of e-books yeah. which are available on Amazon. Well, they are. And it's been out for years. And there are links to our e-books on the shop, which is all so. about buying a boat. But there's no reason why you couldn't do that. Just for you know, a couple of quid or something, put something together. You could do that. It could be a little interesting project to work on. Maybe you could include backstories to the recipes or perhaps some yes. little illustrations because you like sketching. Photographs of the fish we catch. Yep. Stuff like that because they're quite fish based, some of them. Yeah. Possibilities are endless. All right, yes, I will think about it. And uh, if I get time, it would be something I'd love to do. So yeah, yeah. Thank mm. you for that suggestion, everybody. That was great. Um, that's pretty much all I've got to say on last week's podcast. Mm -hmm. There were loads of always fantastic comments love the comments mostly agreeing or coming up with better ways of putting it than we did <laughs> do you have anything else to say on what the, the po podcast oh the podcast oh, i thought you meant just generally because i've always got something to say yes. uh, no not on a podcast i think we've done that shall we move on to now the episode is yeah. that what you wanted to talk about yeah so we always talk about the episode that just gone out and that's 289 the galley and head renovation yeah. uh, that is quite your that's really your video not so much about me in that but I have one observation this came from Dave WK-40 don't know what that means your refit video series is my favorite nice to see more to which my reply is 
thank you. The video refit series, which is what really kicked off this YouTube channel, has done us proud. We were there for 13 months. And to be honest, I much prefer sailing and traveling to mending things. However, <laughs> I would say, actually, I do really enjoy editing refit. Do you? Yeah, I, I love it. There's something, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's a refreshing change from the travel and the sailing. And it's also something we don't do that often. We did, obviously, the big refit, yeah. but we haven't done anything like that in a while. And, of course, when we did the refit, we weren't really that savvy about making videos, were we? So it's quite mm. raw. I think Very maybe raw. some some people like that. Mm. If we did it again, uh, it could be really exciting and make a real production out of it. Well, are you proposing <laughs> we do a complete refit again? <laughs> well, I am minded of a conversation that we were having with one of our friends this week, uh, as everyone knows, we're going to Japan. If you didn't know, we are going to Japan. That's the, that's the idea. Can I just stop you there? Yeah. I don't think we should talk about this publicly. What? What you're about to say. What do you think I'm about to say? Well, I'm not going to say it because then Why we've not? just talked about it publicly. <laughs> I, think, I think we need to have a discussion about what you're about to say uh, behind closed doors before we talk about oh, this no, publicly. Oh, no, no. What? Selling the boat? Yeah. <laughs> we're not selling the boat. We're not selling the boat. But what you said was if in Japan, because they really want, they want sailboats there because they can't get them, if someone made us the right offer, we would be tempted to sell it because your reason was we could buy a cheap boat and do it up and do another refit. Yeah, but it was actually as much to do with the location as well and the fact that uh, the next step after Japan is obviously a big passage. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm thinking about getting back to the family. Yes. Because with every move we're making, we're getting further and further away from my family and, and your brother as well yes. and your friends. Yeah. Um, so that, that's always on the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, it plays on my mind about how prepared Esper is to be going outside of the tropics. That's a big concern of mine because she isn't really designed to be outside the or at least we haven't we haven't designed her to to really sail outside of the tropics and by that what I'm talking about is insulating the boat for cold weather yes. heaters you know that kind of thing yes all um, of that could be put in if you want if you if you want to do we, that yes we, we could and there are ways around it I we mean she could. is a bloody well-found blue water cruiser yeah so but she I, can I, go anywhere yeah I, I it, it's not something I particularly want to talk about publicly okay. at the moment I, I think I, I think just made you do it sorry this subject is very interesting to talk about yes and it is something I think perhaps we can throw out there for people to give their ideas, suggestions and just comments. But yeah, okay. I'm just not yet ready to talk about it at the moment because I haven't quite formulated in my head what I would like to do. Yeah. Or, okay. And what we would like to do. Yes, that's fine. And uh, really, it wasn't about where we're going to go or what we're going to do. It was about your observation that if we were made, someone made an offer on the boat, that you what you would like to do is buy a boat somewhere and do it up. You're absolutely right, yes. Yeah, to go back to, my point. To go back to the original point, yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, that refit that we did, I, had, I enjoyed every single moment of it except one afternoon when I stormed out <laughs> the boat yard because <laughs> I'd had enough. But I loved every single day of that refit. Mm. Also, obviously, we had teams of people helping us, and I think we're probably in a better position now to take on a lot of those jobs ourselves. Maybe not the real technical carpentry, perhaps, but there, there is a lot that we could do ourselves. And We'd certainly know how to manage it better. Mm. And so I think 
if, if the opportunity came our way, I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah, okay, oh, but I'm with you on that. Mm. We are as one. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so that was about, that's 289, that's just one of the comments that came up that I, yeah. had, to, I had to bring it up. So generally, what do you think about the, the refit, yeah, the I galley mean, and the heads? The, yeah, I think Hans did such a good job. And I think, as I said in the video, it's encouraging when he came in and tried to fit something in and it just fitted perfectly oh, yeah. first time. You know, he's he's very good. Hans is actually, he's his real trade is carpentry, but he also does electrics. But his electrics is a side interest, but he's still really good at that. But what he shines in is his carpentry. And I think you and I have an affinity with carpentry because my grandfather was a carpenter by trade. And, and my, my grandfather's surname was, was carpenter. carpenter. <laughs> and isn't there carpentry somewhere in your yes, family? Yes, yeah, down both sides. There's always a, yeah. a love of carpentry. Yeah. So a love of wood and carpentry and, and a huge admiration for those who can do something like that. Wonderful. Mm. Oh never ceases to amaze me. Now we should say that because this is only being recorded literally 12 hours after publishing the video, yeah. we haven't made a note of too many comments, so we do apologise. I did see, the last comment I read was from Bian of uh, oh, Totem. Yeah, Totem. From Sailing Yacht Totem. Yes. Uh, and of course we met Bian and crew back when we did our refit. There you go, full circle back to the refit. Yeah, and she made the comment that they too used, installed a laminate, exactly as we did, in their galley at exactly the same time, from the same company, mm. based in Thailand, and also have the same issues that we had, which was basically an absolutely battered, hammered mm. surface that has taken a beating and needs replacing, so. Although, I reckon, that her laminate's different to ours because I had to specially order that. Uh, for, it's from Wilson and it's designed to be used outside. It was a very unusual one. It wasn't in stock. It was a specially ordered one because I thought that it would take the hammering mm. and I was wrong. It's, it's fantastic on the engine cover and on the fridge cover, isn't it? Brilliant. That's what I, I said that to Bian, that we had used it elsewhere on the boat and it, it's been fine, but it seems to be the galleon. I think <clears throat> that was what Bian's problem was is that the galley just gets so much traffic on yeah. it and lots and lots of water, salt and fresh, and uh, it does take a hammering. So she was also looking at the hard, um, the Corian-like composite material, and I have to say, I absolutely love the stuff. I agree, though when we do our next refit of our new old boat, <laughs> you know what I would choose? I would choose granite. You can get really, really thin, thin granite. Thin you granite. know our friend Simon, who's yes. in the business, he said, Liz, you I can get... It's oh, a nice, it would be beautiful. yeah, it would be, but I think Corian looks just as good and it's more flexible in that it's repairable. Granite isn't repairable. But it's indestructible, isn't it? Or is that not true? No, if you crack it, yeah, that, that's so. it. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, whereas Corian, you know, you can take it back, you can sand it back. Yeah. Um, I think you can even fill it and then sand it. I don't know. And you can, it. you can get the Corian made with a moulded sink and yeah. everything into it, it's all in one, can't yeah. you? So you haven't got to worry about, you know, gaps between this and That's that. That's right. Yeah. I haven't seen one I really like yet, because no. they tend to be, people seem to choose them in horrible colours, but if you could get a sort of bright white one or something really clean. Anyway, there you go. That's just wishful thinking down the line. Anything else on the, on the refit? Obviously, just want to say that I love it. I love using the heads now. I didn't used to like to go in there because of all that rust and you can't get me out the galley. 
Yeah, and we should just uh, reiterate that the two sinks we replaced are the original sink. So although we did the refit eight years ago or so, we used the same sinks that came with the original boat. So that rust that you saw, well, to be honest, I don't remember that rust being around that sink when we did the refit. Really Otherwise, I wouldn't have put it in. Tell you, it definitely wasn't. It yeah. didn't. It was not there. It's only appeared in the last year or two, a couple of years. Well, no, it appeared on the surface in the last year or two. Yes, yes, it was rusting underneath for a lot longer before that. But when we put it back in in the refit, it was fine. Yeah. And there's the same with the, the sink. Uh, in the galley as well it was only I think I was repairing the drain and I noticed these tiny tiny little pinprick right. holes right. in the sink that's just wear and tear and some kind of corrosion I don't know what that would be but tiny little pinpricks so tell you the other thing I noticed about our new round sink in the galley uh, it's much deeper than the old one the old one was quite shallow wasn't it and it's been great having that depth as we've gone up the coast mm because you can put so much in there. Just chuck all your yeah, crap in there. Yeah, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't fall out. Yeah. Uh, gives me you can put the deep stuff in there. Gives me an excuse to not do the washing up. <laughs> you don't <laughs> need chuck, an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we'd better wrap it up because yes. we've bollocksed on for long enough. Yes. Um, and we will finish in the traditional way. Is Oh, first, before we do that, I'm yes. going to tell you what I'm going to do today. Oh, go on then. And I say this in every podcast. I'm going to put the reels on my rods. Yeah, that old chestnut. <laughs> because I had to use a yo-yo on the way up. I did catch a fish, which was great. But I need to, I've got a whole of today to do both my reels and rods ready for tomorrow. Yes. Good. And you, what do you want? Well, I suppose that means I'm going to be editing the podcast then, doesn't it? So I guess I'm going to have to get back in the